0: This is the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast with your host, Big Bad Boris. Welcome to the latest edition of the Punk and Piledrivers Podcast. My name is Big Bad Boris. We are here on the Love Wrestling Podcast Network, and I'm joined by somebody who today was called by Spencer Love, the general manager of Love Wrestling, Mr. Zach Ralph. Zach, you're the GM. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I think uh, I think he means like the content side because like I don't think I could handle the pressure of being a general manager of a, an actual uh, wrestling promotion, especially one with such volatile personalities as the LPw locker room. but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice position. I like working as a you know on the content side of things and keeping things in order as best as I can. This is the quote
0: his official job title with L, with LW is general manager essentially our second in command.
1: yeah yeah i guess uh i mean i I haven't really put that power to use as far as i can really assess at this point but i guess that's uh, if i had a business card that's what it would say
0: but hey now you know you have that power so you can flex it and maybe you know get rid of some rads or something
1: (laughs) you know i think that would really do uh uh, i think between two beards would really appreciate if I did something. <laughs> so
0: tell me how you became involved. Problem. With, tell me how you became yeah. involved with, uh, love wrestling.
1: Well, uh, that happened, uh, like a few months before Spencer launched the whole brand. So like before, uh, you know, 2001, um, like September of the year before, um, he reached out to me because I was working on a show called smart and friends. And that was like my own, uh, my own little brainchild there. Um, I don't remember how Spencer and I first connected, but it was like somewhere, you know, in the periphery of that show. And, um, you know, he was really fond of the work I was doing there. He wanted to bring the show to Love Wrestling. Um, that didn't work out at the time because it was inv- it was part of another network. Um, but I still wanted to work with him. And, uh, yeah, like we came up with other programming that we could do on Love Wrestling and uh, work from there. And this was when? 2001, you said? You know, like again, I know there's a pandemic thrown somewhere in the in there, so I'm not really sure if uh, my I'm, I'm, if like, I'm accurate about the years. We launched two thousand. Yeah, uh, we launched twenty twenty one. So twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what did I say?
0: I, I've I heard two thousand one, and I was like, wow, that's a long time.
1: <laughs> no, 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 that. Uh, certainly predates my uh, impact on the content sphere of things um, indeed uh, 2021 is when love wrestling launched so spencer and i must have chatted in uh, 2020
0: so uh you're based out of montreal correct indeed yeah and there was recently a wwe yeah. pay-per-view in montreal and spencer went down there and you guys
1: got uh, a bunch of content was that the first time you guys had met face-to-face no, I came down for uh, the the uh, not the first official LPW show. The when it was Love Wrestling, working alongside Force Pro Wrestling, and I changed the game. Okay. Um, I came out for that one, uh, so that yeah, that's when we uh, that's when I first met Spencer.
0: Okay, because I was at that show, as a fan. I was not uh, brought in to do the work quite yet. Uh, so tell me where your love of, of pro wrestling kind of began.
1: Oh, dude, I you know. I rack my brain about this. I can't really like put a point on it when it started exactly. Um, You know, uh, actually funny enough, uh, Jack pride was just telling a story on between two beards that really resonated with me. He says he has a picture of him watching uh, some pro wrestling from his crib. And I'm quite sure if I dug through, you know, my, my parents uh, basement or something, I'd find something quite similar. I have like some vague image of that in my head. Um, But, I first like the first time I started like remember forming memories around, around wrestling like, like I don't remember like oh man I want to be a fan of this like I just remember you know I was always a fan that was status quo, um, but the first wrestling I started remembering was like the likes of Bret the Hitman Hart uh, specifically him and Jim Neidhart, uh, um, it was really like tag team wrestling that pulled me in because again we're talking about the 80s, some of the biggest personalities in professional wrestling and with a tag team you got two of them uh so that's kind of like where i you know that's the thing that kind of like anchored my place in the fandom i suppose
0: uh how old are you if i may ask
1: i apologize can you repeat that Uh, i think i lost
0: (laughs) we're having some technical difficulties uh how old are you if i may ask it just helps me put an era on your wrestling fandom
1: I am 36 years old.
0: Oh, so you're exactly a decade younger than myself. Okay, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you always wanted to to create, con- like, was there ever a time where you wanted to, to you know, kind of train or become a wrestler? Or, or were you kind of like me and, like, didn't see yourself in that role but still wanted to be involved?
1: yeah you know like I, I always like thought about it you know like I thought always thought it would be a fun idea but like I never really um, you, I, I wonder what would have happened if I just considered looking up a wrestling school back in like you know my uh, late high school slash early college years but um, you know I went I went to like theater school and things like that after all so um sometimes I like look back and'm like oh you know what I wish I had tried that back then. And, you know, I wish I had given it a go, you know, once just to see what it was like. Uh, but then I watched something like Speedball Mike Bailey getting his finger bent backwards. And I say to myself, <laughs> you know what? i my life choices. I, I'm pretty <laughs> happy on the
0: side of the microphone that I'm on, to be perfectly honest.
1: So, when yeah, you- and again, you thrive in that role, sir. You're one of my favorite commentators to listen to in the pro wrestling scene.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, So tell me when you decided to start to get into like the podcast
1: game. Um, So that started, um, I forget what year exactly. Um, Essentially, I mentioned like I did theater training and I did like, uh, that like kind of took me a few different places, uh, you know, nowhere lucrative until I found a show called uh, LARPs, which is a web series done by a very talented group called Bean Duck out here in Montreal. Sorry. I'm like catching my breath, like running across the room, trying to get back in a timely (laughs) manner. um and i did the costume design uh for that show it was about oh, really? like you know people okay. who were just involved yeah yeah uh, it was like uh you know just a show about people who were involved in live action role play so i got to do like you know contemporary clothing which is great but i also got to design like some lark gear you know some like nordic style armor and uh we moved on to like a steampunk episode and things like that i had a lot of fun um but then uh like that was when I thought like I was going to have my best chance at like doing that. like, uh, threat, like being able to, uh, to make a bit of a living in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to, like, I I even won like, uh, the indie series awards, which is like out of Los Angeles, uh, like best costume design for an independent web series. Um, pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, that didn't quite work out for me afterwards. I thought like, it's like, if I can't, uh, like this is my best shot at turning something into momentum and getting that going. And, um, you know, I tried, unfortunately it didn't work out for me. And, uh, I made peace with that. That's totally cool. Um, but then like, you know, I, I was, uh, I was working like mostly social media. So I was working from home and I really needed like a creative outlet, you know, like I needed to do something, uh, you know, like I wanted to do some, uh, do more artistic or, you know, express myself creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that in theater anymore because like, you know, that's a very, uh, intensive schedule. And like, you're not just my schedules, the director's schedule, the actor's schedule, like balancing all these plates. So I knew if I, if I was going to do something creative, I would have to do it on my own time and like not worry about anyone else's schedule. Um, so fortunately my friend, uh, Tina, she was the producer for smart and friends during, uh, it's entire, the entirety of its run. Um, she, launched a little network uh, with her friends called Two Finger Guns Club, which was, you know, just like miscellaneous podcasts, various interests. Like um, one of my favorite shows that they did was called Boldly Boinking, which was about Star Trek and sex. A great show. So funny. I would listen Um, to that. (laughs) It was so good, dude. It was so good. Uh, Again, like just really exploring the whole, you know, uh, nature of relationships on in the Star Trek universe. And they had some really great stuff. Uh, but you know, all that to say, I pitched the idea of smart and friends to her and, uh, you know, they were, they were shopping content and they were happy to take me on.
0: I think, uh, LARPing and pro wrestling, I don't think are quite as far apart as people may think they are. I think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, like, I I, I saw recently uh, Riley Shepard, uh, independent ro- pro wrestler out of the U.S. scene, and, like, you know, she's rocking full LARP gear, man. Like, uh, like legit, I recognize some of those pieces on her entrance gear. It was great. Have you ever thought about branching out into making wrestling gear? Because uh, there is
0: always people in search of people who make good quality gear. Is that something you've tried ever? Because
1: I think there's definitely a market for that. You know what? I really haven't. Um, I don't know. Cause again, like, uh, yes, there is a bit of an overlap. I think if anything, I could certainly help someone with like a, like an entrance gear, like cool jacket or things like that. But to make sure that the talent can move properly, uh, make sure that, um, you like, like, I don't know, I don't know how to work with spandex. I've never done it before. Um, like, you know, I would want to make sure whatever t- uh, uh, wrestlers are using the gear that I'm using. I want to make sure that it's not gonna uh, inhibit their performance in any way. So like, yeah like it'd be cool to maybe do entrance gear but like i wouldn't go beyond that uh like i wouldn't want to jeopardize anything and i will say like i haven't picked up a sewing machine i haven't i've barely picked up a sketchbook in uh, a better part of a couple years now i like i'm not saying no i'm not saying that door is closed but i I would need to uh dip the toe in the water before i like really dive in and that stuff that uh that the guys and girls wear that's got to be built to last for sure Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't want something that's gonna like, you know, have two or three matches and then it's then it's done. No, I, I I recognize that that's a total investment um, on the performers' uh, part. So to give them something that's like shoddy and gonna break apart in a couple years, uh, a couple matches. No, that's no good.
0: So you did a podcast called the Smarkin Friends Podcast. The tagline was. The wrestling podcast, not just for wrestling fans. Tell me a bit about that and explain that tagline.
1: Yeah, so, like, again, I had all these connections in the Montreal art scene, uh, like, not just theater, like, you know, punk bands and and things, uh, like, you know, people, you know, other artists as well. Um, and I would invite them. Uh, this is how the show started. It, it evolved past that. But I would invite th- them who haven't watched wrestling in the past or at least not part of the fandom like I was, and uh, get them to talk about their projects and things like that, you know, whatever they were up to at the time. And then I'd try to find a wrestling like, ta- uh, a match that kind of ties into what they do. Like, for example, the punk band I mentioned, Montreal band, uh, formerly known as Sprankton. Um, I just wanted to show some them, some fun, hardcore wrestling. And I chose the, uh, WrestleMania 2000 hardcore match battle, hardcore title, battle Royal, whatever that was. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, and I would, uh, and I would watch that along with them and we'd have a laugh, um, at the, you know, the inherent silliness of, uh, of the pro wrestling industry. Did you create any wrestling fans? Um, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, like I think uh, a lot of people like appreciated what they saw. Like I never had anyone. Oh, sorry. Uh, I never had anyone like down talk what we were watching. Like they were there for a good time as well, and they uh, they enjoyed what they watched. But uh, n- as far as I know, nobody really followed up on it. I. I had a return guest at one point. Uh, actually, this, was, this one was really cool. Uh, Patricia Somerset. She uh, is the voice actor for Princess Zelda in the current Legend of Zelda: uh, Tears of the Kingdom game. Okay. Yeah, and like uh, I spoke to her closer to the release of the first game, uh, Breath of the Wild, and then I had her on again when uh, another game came out. And yeah, I was like, "So, have you watched any wrestling since uh, since you came? You were on the show the first time? No, absolutely not." <laughs> But
0: fair enough. It's not necessarily for everyone. So tell me about some of the cool people you had on there, because I've been told that you had some cool guests and you guys had a lot of fun doing watch alongs and stuff like that.
1: Well, in my opinion, Patricia Somerset's like the coolest one amongst them, because, again, I'm a big Zelda fan. Um And when I learned that she was the Montreal actor, like I knew I absolutely had to reach out and I had like people in my network who knew her. So I reached out there Um Uh, Other people, um, uh, that was probably the biggest name when we were still doing just exclusively watch alongs. Um, other people, you know, people from the Montreal scene, such as, uh, the bean duck crew who I did LARPs with, um, and you know, they moved on to other projects as well. Um, Ooh, geez, who else? Uh, it's been a, it's been a while since I, since I did that, you know, a couple of comedians, um, feel like i had Walter Ling, but that might have been later on uh but i don't know i'm i'm losing track i'm digressing um but yeah the the only one that i think people might have heard of is going to be patricia patricia somerset
0: i think that comedians watching wrestling would be a lot of fun because the way like a comedian's brain can work and dissect things would be a lot of fun to see what
1: they would take away from it does that make sense yeah Oh, a hundred percent. And, um, you know, by the time I had Walter on, when I knew I, I when I know I've had Walter on, uh, the show had evolved past like exclusively bringing in people who weren't familiar with wrestling and it would be like kind of wrestling peripheral. Like for Walter's example, I brought him in and we talked about, you know, the use of celebrities being used at WrestleMania. And we like culminated the conversation by hyping up Sammy Zane versus Johnny Knoxville was, which was happening that weekend. And, um, uh, he was, so like so uh, he had such great observations um about you know like he he just dissected it in such such a unique way i wish I, i wish i could repeat it and do it justice but man he just like it was so snappy he like uh he just made these connections that i never really thought of you know and sometimes those guys just have such a quick wit it's impressive oh yeah oh yeah absolutely i mean it's hard to keep up with uh with people who are that clever so, how long did that podcast last before you put a button on that? Um, I think about three years total. Uh, like uh, the first uh, first little while was like dealing exclusively in seasons. I did um, I want to say three seasons of six episodes, and okay. uh, then when yeah, and then when the uh, the pandemic happened started, um, I was going weekly because I needed something. I needed to do something and like really you know, create, and I needed some sort of lifeline to keep, uh, pardon me, keep me busy and smart and friends. It like was the perfect, uh, avenue for that. And, and it was around then that the show evolved. Like I realized like I wasn't going to be able to just exclusively do these watch alongs with people not familiar with wrestling. I would, so I like evolved it to, um, reviewing movies that were wrestling peripheral, like chief among them ready to rumble comes to mind. And, um, Oh, pardon me. Also speaking to wrestlers who um, have outsides, uh, outside projects, um, like the, uh, in, in that regard, the person who comes to mind most is Andy Belanger, uh, Bob Animal Anger, as he's known in the ring. He got into pro wrestling, so he could write his comic Mother Trucker as well as it possibly could because it's very wrestling-centric as well. Okay. And yeah, yeah.
0: You kind of remind me of me in a little bit. In that you have a very creative mind, and you and 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 if you're not doing something creative, then you feel like you're kind of stagnating a bit. I've been like that. I I I, I dabbled and played in bands years ago, and and then you know with the wrestling and stuff. I I have that creative part of the brain that I need to 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 put something on a tape or a paper or a computer, or just create, make something,
1: you know absolutely were you uh, like were you creating were you doing something to pass the time during like lockdowns and uh all that heavy shit that we all went through that's kind of where this started um i i
0: took radio it, i took a very late in life and, and when i turned 40 or just after 40 uh, i wanted to be on the radio since i was a young kid and i i decided i was able to go and i i took radio and then After that was done, uh, I really enjoyed it. But because of you know when you when you graduate radio, you're you're a young kid. You go off to you know small towns and start your career. And I couldn't really do that because uh, you know I had a wife and a family. So I was working in promotions, and then uh, pandemic hit. No events to promote, so no promotions. So you know that all got shut down, and I was like, "Go from the the position I had." But I really liked being on the air. So the impetus of this podcast was actually me taking my college radio show that I was doing um, and, and making it into a podcast, and it kind of morphed into what it is now. But originally, it had a bit of a different. It was just me kind of playing music and talking about stuff, and it morphed into me talking with my wrestling friends and keeping that music part into it and having them pick songs and i'm having a lot of fun doing it but yeah that's kind of where the where the podcast came from was from the uh from the pandemic and before the pandemic i was very very busy with pwa as well
1: that's a that's a great premise for the podcast man and a great origin story for it all
0: yeah just kind of happened organically and speaking of music this is a music podcast we're going to go to your first track and you picked a band for your first track that is interesting to me because I always thought they were kind of like not really a punk rock band, but I listened to uh, to the punk rock channel on satellite radio a lot, Sirius uh, XM, uh, Faction Punk, and they played Jimmy Eat World a lot, and I never really considered them a punk rock band, uh, but they've got a couple of songs I like. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to them, but when some of them come on, I quite like them. So the first track you picked uh, is a track called Futures by Jimmy Eat World. Tell me bit about the song and why you picked it.
1: So, yeah, like I definitely agree they're not like a traditional punk rock band. And I felt, uh, you know, when you asked me to pick two songs, I did feel like a little pressure, like, oh, I should really go heavy into like my punk rock roots. But like I wanted to choose bands that I could like speak from a more informed position than uh, the, than some of the other bands that I enjoy. But I'm not like so yeah, I always know, try to the, tell uh, their fandom that I
0: I always try to tell people, any artist, any genre, just because it's called punk and drivers, and that's kind of the music I was doing the most, they're welcome to pick anything. I've had country music on here and hip hop and all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I just listened to the MRB episode and like, I know he brought it, he mentioned up uh, Linkin Park, uh, One More Light, beautiful song. Um, but all that have to say, uh, yeah, so Jimmy Eat World, uh, they're certainly a very pop-punk band, uh, at least like originally. They've kind of like more moved on to more rock and whatnot. Um, I firmly believe that this band is like one of the most underappreciated mainstream acts uh, going today. Um, certainly like they're known for their very poppy songs. Everyone knows the middle. Everyone knows Sweetness. Uh, sweetness is of, like, a great song, cuts, though. Man. When oh, Sweetness comes
0: song. on in my car, I, I built that sucker road. I'll tell you that.
1: I think everyone belts sweetness. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and just
1: the way that they double
0: the vocals um, of that song, the first time so, I heard it, yeah, I was like, uh, really
1: cool. It's so impressive, man. It's so impressive what they do. Um, so, uh, this is off of the album. That's also named futures. One of my favorite albums albums of all time, maybe number one, but, uh, I was like, aside from like hearing a couple songs on the radio, I was first introduced to them in a live setting. Um, I started, okay. yeah, like I, uh, they were opening for Green Day uh, back in like 2004, 2005 or so. And uh, for that Green Day tour, that was the American Idiot tour, that was when I was finally living on my own and I wasn't really worried about my parents, uh, you know, juggling their schedule, respecting their boundaries and whatnot. Um, I, I went to a lot of Green Day concerts, uh, for those two years, a lot of Green Day concerts, like in the Ontario, Quebec, uh, area. And there was a revolving door of opening acts. Uh, you know, there was My Chemical Romance, I think New Found Glory at one point. And Jimmy World was opening at Park Jean Drapeau, again, not so familiar with them. It was the first time I like really fell in love with a band, uh, primarily out of that first live experience. You know, like uh, I heard their song "Work" for the first time, and it was the first time that, like I, I had heard it live at 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 all, and it like stuck with me. Like you know, like I didn't have to focus to listen to the lyrics or anything like that. So anyway, with Futures, they they've uh, been doing this since that tour. They start uh, pretty much every concert they they do with this song. I tried to find a live link to send to you because I wanted to like ha- capture that, but like there's not a really good live recording of it, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, you're gonna hear it. It's so so hard and heavy right in the beginning, but when they play it live, they come out like you know they play kind of like the bridge at first, and it's like this beautiful ephemeral uh, sound, and you know he's singing kind of some chorus lines of it before jumping into the heavy rock of the song. So futures great song better album and that's why that's one of my picks today
0: all right so this is futures this is jimmy world on the punk and I'm proud of podcast I,
2: I always believed in futures i hope for better in november try same, blue, same numbers it could be a call
0: that is futures the first pick from zach ralph the general manager of love (laughs) wrestling i like that i think that's cool um i'm still getting used to hearing that (laughs) you're gonna get some business cards or something made up i do Uh, i do one of the things that you do and you do very very well is uh, is make graphics and graphic design and that's something that i think is super cool uh we had somebody in pwa for years doing graphics and then when they were unable to do so I kind of stepped up because there was no one else. And I taught myself Photoshop very, very rudimentary. So I know how hard that is to do. And the stuff you make is amazing. Did you have any kind of schooling or are you kind of self-taught?
1: Dude, uh, it's completely self-taught. Um, really? Because like, Yeah.
0: So much better than what I do. And I'm so impressed.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. You know what? I want to thank Spencer uh, for a better part of it because like, uh, yeah, like I'm not saying like uh, I'm paying all my bills uh, through my work for love wrestling, but uh, it was uh, essentially like the opportunity to teach myself uh, under a paid experience, you know, like, so I, I was working, I work a lot with, uh, with GIMP, which is a lot like Photoshop. It's just like a free alternative to it. Um, and I use that to like, kind of make, any like fresh assets, I like. I I need to build like anything that I'm starting from scratch. I work with GIMP, uh, but for a be- for the better part, you know, building layouts, uh, arranging the posters and the match cards and uh, and all that good stuff, I'm mostly using Canva, which is like is you know it's very rudimentary, like it's so user friendly, uh, really easy to use, um, and like you know we're on the pro subscription. So we got like a whole bunch of other uh, neat little toy uh, tools in the toolbox there. Uh, And like, you know, like I said, very user friendly uh, and like very easy to use, but like, you know, there's a lot that you can do. It's a very versatile tool once you get the hang of it really well.
0: And I think one of the things that really sets LPW apart, especially in in our local area, is the branding and the artwork. We kind of, you know, uh, uh, pay homage to some some different uh, bands and records and stuff. And you're such a big part of that, and what you do is so awesome. What has been some of your favorites, and and who's come up with the ideas? Like who who was the first one to be like, let's do a Weezer, or let's do Guns N' Roses, let's do Pantera?
1: Is that a Spencer thing, or do you guys kind of collaborate on it? We certainly collaborate, yeah. Like uh, we spitball. I think it was he wanted to do uh, the way you know the first poster we did for Change the Game that was very just black and white, very um, I don't want to say basic wrestling poster, but you know like the the poster was the lion's share of the talent being showcased on, on the front which is great but for lpw2 um uh don't want to grow up S- a spencer i think spencer brought it up first he wanted to do the descendants which is uh you know like the milo cartoons mm-hmm. and i ended up draw, doing cartoons of uh, of everyone on the roster and whatnot um uh, from there, you know, it went really back and forth, you know, like there was, uh, you know, he'd have ideas, I'd have ideas. And I think we were, there was none that we were, that, uh, either of us weren't excited about. I think we were always excited and hyped each other up and really loved what, uh, the other person brought to the table. And also like, you know, other ideas would come from, uh, from outside sources. Cause I know that I, I haven't really spoken much to him directly. This is coming from Spencer. So maybe I got, A detail wrong here but i'm under the impression that the uh the current poster lpw15 vulgar display of powerbomb was a michael allen richard clark idea i think he was pursuing that for a little while and we finally got to get around to that one
0: if you talk to him for more than four seconds he will start talking about pantera at some point <laughs> and there's a lot of cool little Easter eggs on there too, because people don't realize, or they may not, or maybe they do, and it's obvious, and I'm just dumb. But that is actually Michael Allen Richard Clark's fist in that photo, it is. hitting, uh and like I know just because I knew that that's what you guys are doing, but I also recognize the wristbands and stuff that he wears. But yeah, that is actually his fist hitting T. Y. Jackson, and uh the one for uh, the the Nimrod. What was the show called? For the I- the-
1: that was uh, Welcome to Paradise, yes, even f- though Welcome to Paradise is not on the Nimrod album.
0: Which I thought was kind of funny, but also the first kind of teaser graphic of that uh, has myself on it, myself and Warren, who was commentating at the time, and I think it was Thaddeus as well, or or who the third person sure. was, but yeah, it was our faces were blacked out on that, and I believe it was my yeah. high school yearbook picture that that I gave you guys, maybe I'm wrong, I can't
1: remember. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of cool that I, I was to it on there and look. Too. You know what? Uh, that was really funny. I forget what we were trying to do for LPW6, but originally it was not Welcome to Paradise. Um, oh, geez. I, I wish I could come up with it now. But like that's one, whatever it was originally is something I was just absolutely struggling with and it was just not working. So I'm talking 11th hour here, probably like the, the Friday night uh, or no, excuse me, the Thursday night before LPW, I was like, Spencer, we got to go somewhere else. Can I do Nimrod? And and it was like, yeah, go for it. And like, again, I I did that teaser graphic in, you know, a couple, uh, with a couple hours to spare.
0: And those things can be really, really time consuming. I know I spent quite a bit of time making posters for PWA and, and Kurt was sometimes very, very specific in things that he wanted. And I wasn't good enough to make them happen, but th- those things can be really, and you do a lot of like map per like matches for, or sorry, graphics for each match and
1: all the stuff for the branding for, for, for the channels. Like that's a lot of work. It takes, it's a lot to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, it's something I enjoy doing. I, I like learning this graphic design. Like I, you know, I've been doing it, uh, Mostly with uh, with LPW with uh and and love wrestling for you know the past three, uh, two years and some change now but like I still feel like I'm learning and really mastering these tools um you know on on my own uh, pace which is nice. My
0: my key whenever I was trying to do something and I couldn't figure out how to do it I would always search it on YouTube and find the shortest video and the shortest video yes. was, was usually the one that just got to the point and said do this this and this and you're good to go.
1: Yep. Yeah that that's been my process on more than one occasion. Absolutely, <laughs> it helps a lot with the video editing as well.
0: Let's talk about Montreal. And you guys actually got some press credentials for that pay per view. Uh, how exciting was that? And was and were you guys nervous to to be in there with all the all the the press and to get a chance to talk to those guys? Because you guys really knocked that out of the park. And I think the talent. Uh, if I don't want to speak for the talent, but it seemed like they were pretty at ease and enjoyed talking to you guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I certainly have a. Ha- had uh, some nerves about me like going into the experience because like, again um, I've I've done live interviews like on the original days of smart and friends, like, cause we were recording out of uh, the radio station that Tina had worked at. Uh, but like, this was uh, my first time, you know, standing with, you know, these world known figures with a microphone in my hand standing near to them. Um, fortunately, in my case, the first person I spoke to was uh, Bronson Reed who is the most personable guy uh, like I, I like I was shocked how friendly he was. Uh, just great. He was a uh, you know I I think the WWE talents recognize that there's like an independent level of um, uh, of content creators who are we're coming into those spaces. So like they know how to put people at ease uh, in a way, which is kind of funny. That's them putting us at ease rather than the other way around. But mm-hmm. again, Bronson Reed, a uh, friendly guy looks like looks and dresses like a million dollars. We started the, the whole interview talking about Putin. And uh, yeah, it, it was like a really great experience. And like once I, was a war- once I warmed up to, uh, to Bronson, speaking to, uh, to everyone else um, was just absolutely great.
0: And I talked about this a little bit with MRB uh, uh, before the Infinity Gauntlet because he was doing a lot of media and we discussed like traditional media compared to wrestling media and they might be a little bit at ease talking to more wrestling media people because they know wrestling and they're going to understand what they're trying to get across.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I I'm, imagine, you know, like I'm sure if they brought in like a, you know, a name reporter of of any kind, they're not going to get like the, the same they're going to get more like uh, general questions, I suppose.
0: Let's talk about uh, Headlock on My Heart. I've been told oh, that you have an unhealthy obsession with the Dolly Parton <laughs> song, Headlock on My Heart.
1: This is, much is that like, what you've been told?
0: This is what I've been told. It's much like the Radsmobile discussion I had with Lumberjack Larry last week. I was not aware of the Radsmobile. I was not aware of your love of this Dolly Parton song. So let's talk about that song. I don't know if I've ever heard that song before, but tell me about Dolly Parton and what this is all about.
1: Okay, so... Whoever your source is on this one, again, I'm not going to give you a hard time, but I would like to know who the source is, because I think we're going to have some stern words with you, Spencer. It rhymes um, with
0: mensermove.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this dates back to like the first or second episode of Quizflex, which, of course, Boris, you know, it's our pro wrestling pub quiz. Oh, we're going we're uh, to get stream. to
0: that. Don't you worry. We're going to get to that.
1: Okay. Well, again, we go back to the second episode, and um, I... I I don't know who wrote the original question, but, like, it was uh, uh, who was in the Dolly Parton video, Headlock on My Heart, playing the pro wrestler Starlight Starbright. The answer was Hulk Hogan. And at the very end of the, the, uh, like, I don't know, I forget how the conversation went, but, like, I was just, like, really discouraged by every detail that I heard about it. And uh, the way the broadcast ended was uh, me getting ambushed with uh with a good minute 30 seconds of this headlock on my heart clip i it's oh, <laughs> it probably the best it was it was very well timed i will give them that and uh you know like i we ended the broadcast by me dramatically storming out it was perfect timing uh but since then i have just been they've s- tried to sneak this clip onto me on every chance that uh, that they get uh you know it's, been, it's showed up in other episodes of quizplex it's showed up in other streams uh, i'm gonna shout out chris Parrish actually who probably hit me with the absolute best one when i came out to edmonton for that change to the game show we were sitting at a table we we're having a beer we we're just having a good time he's like oh before you go let me get a selfie with you so he like pulls out his camera and like i get into a selfie pose i'm looking at the camera and of course fucking headlock on my heart is on his goddamn <laughs> phone
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, so so you got god again today Good. i'm glad i could help with that
1: Oh my goodness, I, <laughs> I Let's thought we talk... would be on this. You know, I was really excited when we moved Quizplex to, sorry, go ahead.
0: Let's talk about Quizplex. Um... Yeah. Oh, you're excited because now with copyright, you can't get a headlocked on your heart anymore. Is that what you're going to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially. I was <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't think they'll, they'll surprise me with that anytime soon, at least not to the same degree.
0: Uh, let's talk about Quizplex because the few times that I've been on, I've I've quite enjoyed it. I am a one-time uh, uh, Quizplex winner. You guys have got some pretty uh, big names to come and play along with that uh, PCO and you had uh, Natty and TJ and, and Mrb and BBD. Uh, whose idea was Quizplex?
1: I think that one was mine. Uh, like uh, before we launched Love Wrestling, uh, like I always thought a trivia show would be a great way to. Uh, to kind of market it, because like originally I wasn't thinking it was necessarily going to be pro wrestlers. I thought it would be you know like people in the people who are just fans or people in the in the content sphere. And it's uh, it's really funny because a lot of people who showed up on Quizplex uh, ended up be uh, becoming contributors at Love Wrestling. Uh, chief among them, uh, I'm gonna shout out JPJ. He was uh, he his first appearance on Love Wrestling was a uh, as a Quizplex contestant.
0: Oh really? I love those guys. I think those guys are are awesome. They're super made me at ease the first time that i was on because i wasn't really sure what to expect because i hadn't done a lot of interviews like that before and they put me at ease right away and i got nothing but good things to
1: say about both those guys great people great people love that uh, love the love the beards even if they're breaking the budgets around love wrestling who uh, comes up with the questions for the old quizplex spencer and i yeah we go back and and forth yeah. Like, uh, you know, um, he, he, he and I are both busy, like not just like within the love wrestling bubble, but, you know, we have we've got stuff we got to take care of as well. Uh, so sometimes I'll be like, dude, I'm really sorry. I do not have time to do uh, do questions this week. Can you can you help me out and uh, draft a few questions for me? And it goes both ways. Sometimes he'll uh, uh, sometimes he'll ask the same of me to take the lion's of the questions. And yeah, it, it kind of goes back and forth.
0: Because I'm a huge fan of, of uh, uh, pub trivia. We used to go, a bunch of the PWA guys used to go to this bar uh, on Jasper Ave every Monday night and do pub trivia. So I think the way that you guys kind of captured the essence of that and, and all the branding and the graphics and stuff with that is is awesome. And I, I, anytime you guys you guys call on me for Quizplex, I try to get on there because, A, I'm a little bit competitive, even though I don't have as good a memory as I like to think. But uh, it's <laughs> it's, a lot, it's always a lot of fun. And I won hey, like once. You said, I, was, I won once yeah. on like an hour's notice. I was very proud of myself.
1: Yeah, you were. You were like a, an eleventh hour inv- invite because uh, I forget who just wasn't able to make the make the game or whatnot. Might have been TJ Cannon.
0: Oh, that TJ Cannon. Well, he's busy doing. <laughs> he wrestles a lot though. He's all over the place. All right, we're gonna jump he to your just... second track. Uh, this is. A band called The Network. The song is "Transistors Gone Wild." When I pulled this, I checked it out, and it's got kind of like a weird, rocky electro vibe to it. Tell me a bit about the song and why you picked it.
1: So, do you know
0: the network by chance? I do not.
1: Okay, this is I actually the actually
0: WWE Network. But <laughs> that is the only network I know.
1: No, not uh, not quite the same network, indeed. um Once again, this is a peripheral to a Green Day story. So. So when American Idiot was coming out, that came out in 2004, um, they were due to release an album. Uh, allegedly, uh, they, they had been in the recording studio for some time, and allegedly those tapes were stolen. Oh. And they went on, they, they took a little delay and they went on to write American Idiot and they kind of flaunted it. It's like, oh, you stole our tapes? Well, we wrote something better and made millions and millions of dollars. Uh, now, the network... Um, they sound, they, they, uh, they, they wear masks and things like that. Uh, you know, like the drummer's got a luchador mask. Uh, mm. Their lead singers got something like uh, like some s- black and white striped socks. Suspiciously, they sound an awful li- lot like Green Day. You ah. know, much like uh, much like El Generico and Sami Zayn, they have a lot of the same wrestling moves. Fair, uh, fair. It's kind of, kind of, yeah, it's kind of in that same book. It, it, it just kind of makes you wonder. Um, and a lot of people think that it was the network that stole the uh, stole those original tapes from Green Day and and they released an album called Money Money 2020. Now again in my opinion I think they might be Green Day that's complete conjecture I can't prove it but that's just my thought and ultimately like Green Day is like the band that uh, like coded upon me like that was like the first band I ever really loved like you know Dookie uh, insomniac nimrod all that great stuff uh but you know later on i find the stuff that green day produces outside of green day is like so much better that includes like pinhead gunpowder um foxborough hot tubs uh, right now billy joe uh, joe has got a new album with his son i believe they're called the lookouts i've heard a couple songs have d- taken a deep dive yet but it's great now if the network is green day like i suspect uh so i loop them into this uh this same group of projects and again this is such a great vibe it's got a great energy it's kind of like it's like suedo new wave punk for lack of a better term but yes transistors gone wild great tune right now
0: all right so this is the second pick of zach ralph this is the network, the trackers, transitions gone wild. The punk and pop every podcast. Or a reality series. Television,
2: not a city, dreaming of tomorrow.
0: That is the network on the Punk and Podiverse podcast, the second pick from the general manager, Mr. Zach Ralph. And now this is the part that I've been waiting for all week. Because now, Zach Ralph, Mr. Oh, no. Quizplex host, it's time for me <laughs> to turn the tables on you. Because oh! i selected four trivia questions from the professional wrestling world. And let's see how you like it. I
1: love it, Boris. Let's do this! I'm hyped.
0: I, I, I. It's hard to find trivia questions actually that either aren't really, really easy or really hard or weird.
1: Yeah, you know what? I've been accused of making these uh, Quizplex difficult, uh, and I think I think you're you're seeing why it's so the the questions end up a little uh, heavier on the the uh, hard side.
0: So I don't know if these are good questions. I just think these are interesting questions. So here we go. Uh, question number one of four, if you can do 50%, I'll be impressed. What was okay. the f- first match in WrestleMania history? The first match of WrestleMania one. Yeah. See, not so fun. Is it now
1: you want to take a drink? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking very, uh, Okay, uh, I'm gonna say one person who I think might be in it, and if they're not, then obviously I'm gonna get the rest of the question wrong. But oh shit, what's his real name? Because he wasn't using that name. But IRS was Erwin uh, Archester. No, Arsh- no, that no. Is okay,
0: okay. I'll give you, I'll give you another I, stab I, at it, though.
1: No, d- uh, dude. If if it's uh, if it's not the tag match that I was thinking of, then it's not. Uh, then uh, then I have no idea.
0: The first match in WrestleMania history was Tito Santana against The Executioner, which was Playboy, Buddy, Rose, in a mask.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. Tito Are Santana you... and The Executioner. All yeah. Right. Okay. I would, uh, yeah. Not in a million years, friend. It's like four minutes
0: and change. Okay. Uh, uh You're all for 1. This is exactly yep. as fun as I thought it was going to be. I'm having a great time here. Uh, <laughs> s- from the year 1999 until it closed down in early 2001, how many wcw world title reigns were there of one day or less
1: oh you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely uh but (laughs) this could be a very lofty number um okay well vince russo uh
0: and i just counted these off wikipedia so if somebody wants to like give me shit, they can shut up
1: Puyo Del Mar gave me a hard time because I like my answer was was wrong actually uh, on the, the last episode of Quizplex. Um, they were impressive, so it man. happens. Holy,
0: like they were busting out. Uh, what was that clip that you put on the Twitter? The oh, the crocodile. Yeah, I was like damn, good
1: for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Poyo is like an absolute great brand ambassador for the NWA. Uh, yeah. Anyway, this question. Um, now, is this, uh, no, no, it's not prices, right? Rules. I don't have any other contestants to bid closest to the nearest dollar. I'll, I'll, give, uh, you within, um,
0: I'll give you within one either way. How's that sound?
1: Okay, okay. I appreciate that. So between 99 and 2001?
0: From 99 until it closed down in 2001.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to take a stab and say 12. Mm,
0: the answer is eight, or I counted oh, eight darn. on Wikipedia. But 12 doesn't okay. sound far off because that last year and a bit of WCW was a bit of a shit show.
1: I mean, it may as well have been the WWE 24-7 championship <laughs> just like in an earlier incarnation.
0: Very true. All right. We are, <laughs> you're 0 for 2. And I don't oh, yeah. know if it's going to get any better.
1: I don't think I'll be improving <laughs> my score, my friend.
0: <laughs> Question number three. I should put some like game show music behind this when I do the edit. Anyway, uh, who was on the cover of the very first issue... Of WCW magazine. Oh,
1: dang, I was hoping you were going to say WWE, uh, WWF Raw magazine. I was going to be like Vader. Uh, okay, first WCW. Is that true? Ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, it was because it was a Quizplex question. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> but WCW magazine. Oh man, And
0: whoever you're thinking of, it's not. Okay, good. <laughs> if, if that if that helps, you got to you got to think on the. Mar- I don't know what year this was, so I can't help you with that. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's you got to think on the margins a little bit.
1: Okay, I'm thinking on the margins. And they had a lot of margins when, it, when you think of their talent pool. Yes. Um, can I say... I could give you uh, a again. hint. No, no, uh, Well, I'm curious what your hint is. Uh,
0: see, there's a hint I want to give you, but it'll give it away.
1: I'll tell you what my answer was going to be either way. Okay,
0: I'll give you your answer, then I'll give you a hint.
1: Okay, uh, I was thinking Johnny Be Bad. No.
0: That's not a bad okay. guess though. Okay, the hint is they are on the list of the Undertaker's streak, the WrestleMania streak. Okay. And again, it's probably not who you're thinking of.
1: It's yeah. the weird
0: it's the weirdest person on the
1: streak. Okay. I like I'm just trying I'm like cross-referencing <laughs> between WCW and WWE. Um yeah, this is a hard question. Oh. yeah <laughs> you're not holding me to like quizplex rules like i don't have 10 seconds to nope. verbally answer this nope. like i can keep going i got nowhere okay, to wait. be wcw guys okay rick flair the giant triple h um there's no way they put triple h or jean paul Levesque on the cover of a magazine um Well, you know what? Why not? I mean, like, I think of the noteworthy people. Not is it Jean-Paul a,
0: Levesque? It is not a noteworthy person. Early no? streak. Early streak. Okay. You're going to kick yourself.
1: Is it Giant Gonzalez? It is
0: El Gigante. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> El Gigante was on the cover of the first W WCW magazine. I'm going to give Uh-oh. you that one just because next time I play Quizplex maybe you'll uh, you'll
1: you'll give me one. I'll throw you some points for for that favor there. That's a, what's it a chaos point? Where did the chaos point come from by the way? Oh, geez. I forget when I started just lobbing those out into the middle of the game just to disrupt things. Uh, but I don't know, a, a random drunken idea in the middle of a game. Uh, poor uh, poor Goose, uh, Kyle Shaw, the Canadian mm-hmm. Goose, Wild Kyle Shaw, who, however you know him. He's the only person to lose a game because of a difference of one chaos point. Oh, really? Uh, and I never thought the chaos points would ever make a difference. Cause again, we're t- uh, like people win points in at, at, at minimum 50 point intervals. Uh, so I never thought one point would ever make a difference, but poor Canadian goose. He lost a game because of one chaos point. It's like, it's
0: like a rouge in the CFL. All right. This is your last <laughs> question. Question number four. Well, and I, you might've used this one actually. I, I don't know. Uh, what WrestleMania, did not feature a traditional one-on-one male singles
1: match. WrestleMania 2000. Is that 16? Uh, <laughs> I
0: gotta do the map. The map.
1: Yeah, fourteen. Yes, is. Yeah, because
0: fourteen was ninety-eight. Fifteen was ninety-nine, so that would be sixteen.
1: So you're correct.
0: So you got yes. you've added five hundred. That's not bad, man. That's not bad.
1: That's not bad at all. I I I think I overperformed. <laughs>
0: That was fun. I should have gave you more questions. All right. Anyway, those were great. As soon as you were going to be on, I was like, yeah, I'm going to bust this guy's balls and pick some trivia questions. Uh, <laughs> let us know where we can find you on the old social medias, and then we'll let you get out of here.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Smarkmouth uh, and on Instagram at smark.mouth. Um, other than that, you know, uh, you, you're listening to uh, Punk and pile drivers on love wrestling. So I'm sure you're already following at love wrestling CA on pretty much any social media handle that you can think of, but smart mouth on Twitter, smart m- dot mouth, Instagram, that's where you'll find me.
0: Now, this weekend is a big weekend for love wrestling. Of course, on uh, Thursday night, we have the love pro wrestling slash Clendas on wrestling society, crossover show, uh, for people here locally in Edmonton, Alberta. And then on Friday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Eastern – or, sorry, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Love Pro Wrestling presents Vulgar Display of Powerbomb live – from the Rec Room South Comet in Edmonton, Alberta. If you are here locally, there are still, from what I heard from Spencer, a handful of tickets that are available. If you cannot be there, you can check it out live. And uh, my beautiful dulcet voice, uh, you can check out the show streaming live on twitch.tv slash lovewrestlingca. Again, 7 o'clock Mountain, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. A uh, big show. Sebastian Wolf and Zoe Sager are going to main event that show for the LPW grand championship uh jack pride will make his first defense of the scramble championship and there's so much more going on uh and you can again watch that online for free uh and that's uh that's gonna do it zach thank you so much man this was a lot of fun
1: dude i've been waiting to sit down with you outside of a quizplex setting for a very long time so thank you very much for welcoming me tonight
0: and uh i i appreciate all the work that you do and uh, make yourself a nice graphic for yourself for this podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna be the fanciest awesome
0: all right you should put like a one of those like graduation hats on because you got 50 percent on the uh on the quiz <laughs>
1: well i can't spoil it
0: all right we are going to go out to uh brand new music from a band that i discovered in around i want to say 2018 2019 the band is called spanish love songs they put on a, an album called brave faces everyone uh, in 2018 or 2019. Uh, absolutely fantastic fantastic album they have a new track out called haunted from a forthcoming album so that's what we're going to go out to i hope to see and hear and feel all of you on friday night at the lpw live event i have no idea what's going on next week for the podcast but nonetheless thank you for listening and we will talk to you guys all soon you pulled off the road so you could cry
3: it's too quiet in the suburbs you searched your mind to try to find where the bottom really was When you felt nothing but young in love And they didn't love you in return And the look that was in their eyes Is a memory you burnt but you sleep with the window open And you hope the cold gets in your heart But you're not hot just miss everything. You're not a ghost, so stop disappearing. Whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. There's another body in the McDonald's parking lot. The cops sit around like there's nothing to do to worry that's what you'll look like when it catches up but you're a stranger in your photos melt into a drink with all your friends and you're swallowed in a moment the metaphor is meaningless and you'll say that's okay that's okay they never liked me anyway but there's a killer in your Just miss it! in my chest
2: and my relief to hear you cry